Welcome to the Naked Truth Relationships podcast, where Christians with different relationship statuses and histories chat about what it's really like in the church when it comes to dating, singleness, marriage, and everything in between. It's great that you're joining the conversation and listening to this podcast today. I'm here with Simon. Say hello. Hi. And I'm here with Sarah. Say hello. Hello. And we're looking at marriage and specifically marriage and mission. So how does marriage affect our mission and vocation and how does mission affect marriage? And many people ask me about this, not just married people, but people who are dating as well, thinking about how do you bring God into a relationship when you're called to things individually? How does that affect what you do as a couple and vice versa? So it's a really important topic to look at. And obviously there's no silver bullet answers. But that doesn't mean we can't have a conversation about it and start to ask the right questions. And I'm sure Simon and Sarah are going to be um, a massive help as we think about that today. So let's begin. As always, these podcasts are just a conversation and a chat. We've rocked up in a church youth room today (laughs) um, where the decor is so, so, so. (laughs) We'll just see how that affects um, how the talk goes. Um, My name is Andre. I oversee the Naked Truth Relationships Project. uh, And we believe in equipping people with the tools they need to build God-centered, mutually fulfilling, mutually enjoyable relationships. And uh, so, Simon, do you just want to fill us in a bit about your Christian journey and the church leadership and mission you're involved in? Yeah, so I was born into a Christian family and um, really glad to have grown up uh, with faith kind of as a part of what we did. I guess I took that faith on really for myself when I was sort of early teenage years um, and grew up through youth group and things, often Uh, do a Christian gap year doing youth work and things like that and then after university um, and it was after studying for a few years that I uh, sensed a call or responded to a call you could say um, to dedicate a significant chunk of the rest of my life to the church to church leadership and uh, uh, seeing people reached with the gospel through the church Uh, that then led me to ordination training and all the joys that that brings uh, and then finally, to a year ago, to getting ordained and then coming here to St. Philip's um, to be the curate. And that's something I'll be doing for the next couple of years. Um, and then looking to plant a church somewhere in the region, um, looking to do what's been done here somewhere else, that a new community and new people might be reached with the gospel. So um, just for those listening might not know, so ordination, curiously, it's like trained to be a vicar in the yep. Church of England, essentially. Yeah. And hoping to plant a church yeah, at some point. Yeah, that's the plan. Oh, very exciting. And Sarah, do you just want to share a bit about your background in church context and where you're coming from? Yeah, so I grew up very different to Sarah. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And as a teenager and young adult would have said, I was an atheist. Um, I came to faith when I was 19 um, in Canada, of all places. That's a bit random. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit random. Um, And so came back home, came back to the UK, and I, my first church was a vineyard church. And I had amazing spiritual parents there and a lot of guidance there. Um, And then I found myself in St Luke's in Kentish Town, and that's where I met Sai. Yeah. And so how long have you two been married for? It's three years exactly. Three years. It's our anniversary Three years day. today. Today? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And you're here recording the podcast. What's, what's going what on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how we celebrate every anniversary. <laughs> well, congratulations. Um, three years. That's leather, I think, isn't it? It so. is. 
Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, congratulations. I got my uh, wife a leather pair of gloves for that. Um, our oh, that's there. clever. So, you know, yeah. no pressure inside. Sure. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, it's great to have you with us. And I know um, thinking about planting a church, this is obviously a big missional commitment and something that you've been thinking about and chatting about together. So, as always, these podcasts evolve around three main questions. So, the first one is what is your experience of thinking about mission and marriage in a Christian context in church? And I guess I guess another way to ask that would be what kind of questions are you asking each other, are you thinking about as you're processing what it might look like to be very missional and plant a church as, as a couple? Yeah, um, I think for us we realise that we're both wired slightly differently in terms of the things that we're gifted to do. Um, I'm more teaching, kind of starting new things, and Sarah, I think you'd say you're more sort of evangelistic and want to be out with people and sharing the gospel and that. So I think for us, that can be a really great thing in terms of between the two of us covering a few more of the bases than if we were exactly the same and did the same sort of things. But it does also come with the challenge of um, learning to see things from a slightly different perspective sometimes and learning how to be kind of unified in that um, so that we can go about the mission in a you know more well-rounded way, um, offering different things, but ultimately towards the same sort of an end. Yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> and Sarah, do you see this as something that is going to be the biggest part of your life or a part of what else God has called you to? Um, I say that because obviously Simon, as the ordained person, will be seen as the main church partner. But do you see it as a partnership or see it as something slightly different? That's a good question. I think I think for us, um, it would be, I do see it as a role for me in the church to be leading with Sai. Although I've seen couples where that's not the case and... Um, they have maybe different careers or different focuses. But I think I found that inevitably being married, uh, perceptions change of you and you are seen in a role. So I think that's that will be what we do. Not to say I wouldn't have other things as a focus, but I think, yeah, we see ourselves leading together. Hmm. And obviously you're both involved in mission at the moment and involved in church. Have you seen that as a... What's your experience of that been? Has there been challenges along the way with that? Has there been things that you thought, oh, this is better than than we expect? Yeah, I definitely think it's been... It's (laughs) challenges. I think it just... I think I underestimated how much things would change and how your relationships with congregation members would change and perceptions of me and Sai would change because I think you just think well it just carries on I'm just me and I just say what I want (laughs) I say what comes into my head and I think uh, you have it's really important what I've taken away it's really important to honour leadership and honour honour the church not to say I didn't before but to say that when People may come to you and want your opinions about what's happening in church and it's really important to um, not always engage in that conversation, think about the health of the church, think about 
what the church's focus is Jesus, how are we getting people on that journey, how are we helping people on that journey, rather than a kind of distracting conversation about gossiping or saying things about people. I see it as me as a leader to, fo- to keep the focus where it should be on Jesus. And I think there are times when, especially in the first year or so of marriage, where people would come and talk to you after church or something like that, and it may have looked as though they were talking to you as Sarah, but they were kind of asking the question as church leader's wife. Is that fair to yeah, say? Yeah, I think, I think what you learn also is that your opinion has a different weight because people want to know what's going on in the inside. So maybe they're asking you, how's this going? Are you happy with this or whatever? And I don't, I don't think people have got bad intentions. It's, that's not what I'm saying. I think that they... Um, they're aware you know more than <laughs> the average. Yeah, and I think it, it's... You are kind of privy to things that other people aren't and it's our role whether I work or not, whether I stay at home, whether I am full-time in the church, I think I'll always see my role as to honour people, honour the church, honour leaders, focus on Jesus. And I guess the weight your voice has, you've got to be aware of the potential downsides of it, but there are also huge possibilities and gifts that can come through that, through, you know like you say, reinforcing what the main message should be and yeah. kind of keeping people to task and kind of putting the vision before people constantly. So it's always that double-edged thing, isn't it? That yeah. your voice can have a seemingly undue volume um, and that can be negative if you're not kind of on guard and remembering the position that you hold. But it can also be a brilliant creative thing to kind of keep people true to what we've been called to do to keep the gospel front and centre and mm. all that stuff so it's yeah it's keeping the right side of that right. I think I think we we've taken away and we try and focus on the fact that we want to be a blessing to every place that we go to to every church that we get to be part yeah. of it's such a privilege to be part of any church and we want to bless the leaders we want to bless the congregation and how are we best doing that and I think having those kind of uh, good intentions, uh, intentions, holy conversations, good, um, not not kind of talking in a way that would disrespect anyone. Yeah. You know, that's that's been the first for us. We we want to leave places saying that they were better. Yes. Then worse off <laughs> because of us. That would be nightmare. <laughs> and there's that interesting concept, isn't there, of um, the first follower in a movement where something started the person who instigates it or whatever is the first is the sort of leader and then the first follower the people that get on board at the outset are some of the most significant because they kind of opted into it just like they hope everybody else will and I think the position we've been in not being a vicar kind of at the um, having a church of our own yet um, mm. we've often feel, tried to fill that kind of first follower yeah. positions so that you know the vicar or whoever might set a vision um but it takes then people to get behind that and as people that have been on staff teams and things like that we've seen that that can be a role that we can fulfill and hopefully then bring other staff members and team and congregation with us um because the 
the leader can only do so much on their own. They need the allies and people around them to sort of reinforce what they're doing yeah. and saying. And I'm rewinding the clock back a bit. So when you started today or when you soon after you got married, I mean, how much of this stuff was figured out? I mean, how much was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll just do our own thing and it's grown or how much? I mean, what? To what level are you having these conversations of what you want our marriage and mission to look like? I think it's it's an ongoing conversation for us, what it looks like. We don't know whether we'll have children by the time we plant the church. We don't know what job I'll be in. Everything is so unknown. And I think it's just about having faith in God that he's got it and he knows. And, yeah, I think I don't know probably looking back when we were dating um I think the other thing is you you see as you sort of go on you see loads of different ways of leading so there's not it's not a prescriptive thing I think loads of people lead in really different ways and do I don't think there's one right and one wrong I've seen loads of different ways work and you're exposed to that more and more as you go along yeah because we were dating for about a year before I started my training, weren't we? So we met, and I was involved in the church, but as a um, congregation member, and kind of had that year, and then started my training. So sort of made that transition, and then quite quickly got engaged. So we've kind of been through all the stages of being a couple who were, both of whom were just going to the church, mm-hmm. although I was looking into church leadership at that point. Um, then being a couple where I was training formally, and you were kind of a congregation member studying and doing your thing and then uh, when that training came to an end obviously turning up to a new church moving across the country mm-hmm. as a couple where one of, one of them is kind of formally recognised by the church so we've kind of seen all the stages yeah. um, and had to sort of make the jumps at each turn I think yeah. I particularly found it easier to turn up somewhere new yeah I agree and be something from the outset yeah definitely and kind of turn up and say well here's who we are here's how we approach things Mm. making the transitions with people who knew you at the previous stage and knew what your relationship was and then suddenly it changed because you were in the church leadership not just a member of the congregation or whatever it was Mm. that was a bit more challenging wasn't it yeah definitely and is there was there anything that you were involved in as individuals before you got together which you like had to drop or that one of you became part of what the other person was already doing like how did that mm. how has that journey of marriage affected your mission and leadership and and what it is you've been doing does anything comes to mind well I think when we when we first met so I was in the connect group and I was in the connect group and now Controversial. <laughs> it's <was> very yeah. wary. <laughs> By the book side yeah. Um but now but then we obviously now we lead connect groups together and I think we're learning how to lead together. Yeah. That's we're always learning in that. Because I think when we first started and we've had different groups and different the groups have demanded different things from us because they've had different needs. Mm. I think the group right now we have at St Phillips are just great and they're just so fun to lead together. It's just, we love yeah. our Tuesday nights. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we've had, and sometimes we've had um, groups where there's been more pastoral issues and we've had, we've talked about our approach and how we look at things differently. Things at Alpha have been good for us, haven't they? Because 
with you you being more kind of evangelistic in makeup and that's been a good thing to do together at times um yeah that's been one of those easier kind of crossover ministries you know helping people think through the big things of faith and ask their questions but yeah I'd agree um we had to learn what it was to lead together mm. when you've both got an idea of how it might go mm. um obviously wanting to be unified and appear unified um at least the second one <laughs> yeah <laughs> at least appear unified yeah. yeah um and so what does that take you know we often try and sort of talk through connect group the afternoon before it starts just to say here's how I think we're going to take it or here's what we might do and then Mm. trying to make sure that we're on the same page roughly Mm. we're pretty flexible with things like that but it helps to be on the same page before we start rather than working it out (laughs) as you go along I mean it sounds it sounds like it's very much you didn't have all the answers you still don't have all the answers but it's that intentionality I guess and that chatting to each other and realizing it is a team effort but you're bringing different things which I think is a massive encouragement because often people feel like they need to know exactly what's going to happen and Mm. what God is exactly calling them to and it could be a lot of pressure I think yeah I think I mean I think the stuff with calling is really interesting anyway in that people do feel an awful lot of pressure of like what is my calling and then I don't know they'll say well okay I feel called to social work and then they give their whole lives to social work and the focus is always our calling is Jesus and we have to give our whole life to Jesus so I see the calling although don't get me wrong I know people are called to different things in ministry but I think there can be too much of a focus on that and I just trust that God will share what is right and it's a need to know thing and we just keep on in faith and talking to him and he will lead us the right way. Um, I think we saw a lot of people with the calling stuff maybe getting quite burnt out in our last church. Mm. Where they just felt, well, this is really hard, but I have to keep going because I feel called to it. But then they were forgetting maybe the focus of focusing on God, which is so important. And I think there's so much in scripture that is our calling to preach gospel, pray for the sick, um, love people, you know, love God. There's so much in scripture that's our calling. So we can't ever sacrifice that stuff for this career or this one thing that, or this one country we're called to or whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's true because sometimes I fall into the trap of focusing on the gift rather than the gift giver or focus mm. on the calling rather than the caller and yeah. actually... It is about asking those questions and reorientating ourselves and in the burnout and in the excitement and just saying, actually, where is God moving now? Mm-hmm. And it might be exactly the same as yesterday. It might be slightly different. And that's, yeah. that's OK. So obviously you've talked a lot about how you have reasoned and chatted about all this stuff. I mean, so moving on to the second main question, how has working this stuff out in the Christian community, in the church, helped or hindered? So if you've talked about what the next step is and what that might look like, what has been um, helpful and what has hindered in that process? The positives far away. The negatives of doing ministry together. It's, it is such a joy to do ministry together and to see your partner in their giftings and how that impacts you because it. I think we've both found that we have helped focus each other on different things. Yeah, definitely. And that's been amazing. 
And has the like wider mentors and church helped you and your relationship thinking about mission? Yeah, really helpful. Um, I think it's been encouraging, like Sarah said before, to see lots of people work marriage and ministry and mission out in different ways. So it's not ever felt like we've got to fit our relationship into this one mould and work out how to make that work. It's felt like we've seen people uh, in different ways and different jobs um, all kind of approach it differently but reach a really good conclusion from the end of it. So we've kind of taken probably snippets from quite a few different places, haven't we? I think one thing that I'm aware of, um, particularly here, is we're seen because we're in leadership and we've been married a few years now um, we're not kind of the exemplars of that or anything like that but people are looking to us and there's that element for me particularly thinking about how do I continue to invest in this relationship as well as trying to help those who are just getting married now or preparing Mm -hmm. to get married um, to support them in, in what they're doing and wanting to be open-handed and honest like people were with us mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily being able to give everything away because mm-hmm. there's appropriate things to share from appropriate places and inappropriate relationships so yeah trying to keep us sharp and pass on what we can um, but not necessarily reveal everything because I'm not sure that's always the healthiest way to lead mm. I think there's always that balance honouring your marriage and honouring your family and whatever else is going on in your life and being vulnerable and being humble and accessible to people. And I think, in a sense, we don't have to deal with that that much here, but we know leading a church, that will be something that will come up more. And we're always trying to work that out, I think. What is that balance? Mm. It's It's not always clear, and I think you make mistakes along the way, but... And so many of the expectations are unsaid. They're just kind of implicit. You know, people think that a vicar's wife or a vicar's husband will do this role or fulfil that on that committee or whatever it is. And they don't often come to you and say, here's what we think you should be doing. Um, They kind of can expect you to find your way by yourself. So I think it's been important for us to be quite upfront about what our life looks like and how you know your life particularly Sarah has been this last year studying like we can't necessarily fulfill whatever expectations there might be and I think being upfront with people about that's been important so that we're not inadvertently letting everybody down from expectations that were never particularly clear although I'd have to say for our last this church and the church before we've never felt pressure that I've had to do anything they've been great and supportive we've always had that with our leaders but I know there have been people who have struggled with that so I think it I think so right it's important to be open and honest I think that's that's a really important point because I know a lot of people and couples who do face burnout or feel like they have to you know fulfill this role or fulfill that role or do this in order to be seen as the good Christian couple or whatever it looks like and actually it's fair to say you can't do everything mm. and there are expectations that we don't need to fulfill mm. um, for good reasons is actually quite important and I think something we can forget in amongst the guilt mm. <laughs> and the expectations and everything so that's a really good point and I think that leads back to calling actually 
when we when we say well this is our calling and we've just got to suck it up and just carry on we're, when we're not honouring our relationship with God if we're not honouring our relationship with our family if we're not taking a Sabbath all that good stuff because it's our calling we've just got to get on with it and not whine about it and I think that can lead well can lead to burnout can lead to a lot worse than burnout yeah no, very true so third question and so there'll be people listening to this who are newly married and maybe work for the church or both of them or one of them or maybe none of them and they are trying to think all this stuff through and what does mission look like um, maybe they've just had a child and that's taken a lot of time and now they're thinking well, what does mission look like now in this new phase of life or potentially couples who are dating thinking is he or she the one am I going to put a ring on it and what does this mean for our mission so I guess with all that in mind um, from your personal stories and the churches and mission missional stuff you've been involved in what is the main thing or main things you think need changing or tweaking so as people are wrestling with these questions mm-hmm. what is the main thing or things you think need changing or tweaking yeah I think that's that is interesting I think with mission um uh, and dating I think boundaries are really important and everyone knows that Christian, that good Christian book boundaries but I think boundaries are really important I think someone someone really wise said to me about mission no one's going to say your no for you so you, you can't put it on leaders that they're going to stop you from burning out you need to You no one knows your life but you and you need to be honest with yourself and say is this too much and protect yourself um, protect your mental health protect your time with God your time with your family all that sort of stuff and I think that's so true because I remember just reading scripture um, and or listening to a talk a few different things and just realising that Jesus didn't always say yes like he Mm. said no to people because he knew his bigger yes his Mm. bigger yes of going to Jerusalem and ultimately mm. sacrificing to save us. Mm. And if you had just said yes to everyone who wanted to hear him or wanted healing, you would never have got there. Mm. And you would never have got to his bigger yes. So I think that's so, so true to emphasise that you need to know what your bigger yes is so you can say no. And mm. as you've already talked about, biggest yes is Jesus and what he's mm. he's mm. doing. And that needs to ultimately be our yes. And and we need to know when to say no, which I don't think we're always good at in yeah. church. We're not good at saying yeah. no. Um, sometimes good at saying maybe, but that's the quietest <laughs> word in the dictionary. <laughs> oh, I might be there. Oh, I'll sign you up. <laughs> right. I think I'd also encourage people to um, remember and use a wedding day itself as a missional opportunity. I think we saw um, a couple that came to our wedding were getting married not too long after and changed the way that they approached their wedding as a result of having been at ours they were going to do it in a um, non-Christian venue and weren't sure about faith themselves but they saw something in what happened that day that made them want to at least do it in a church and that might not be the whole story for them and I hope it goes much further into a, you know, a full on relationship with Jesus but something happened on that day because there were Christians there who were worshipping and the Bible was read and preached and the wedding itself is a picture of, you know, what Jesus has done for us and will do when he comes again. I think never underestimate the opportunities that that in itself provides. Um, 
we went to a wedding of some friends once um, and one of their friends came along who wouldn't go to church or kind of call himself a Christian and I think once they got back from their honeymoon he had a conversation with them and said um, what was it that happened during the singing at your wedding and how can I make it happen again because something about being caught up in worship was really powerful for him and he then went on a journey over the following months to sort of unpack what he made of faith and who Jesus was and so if yeah there are people who are dating thinking about marriage or preparing uh, or even have got married and there's conversations that could be had with friends looking back on that day you know what did you make of it and what stuck out Um, I think the wedding day itself can provide loads of opportunities for great conversations about faith and um, what it is to be part of church and what's different about Christian relationship as opposed to one that doesn't try and involve God in any other way. I think that day itself provides some really invaluable opportunities. I think ministry can start as soon as you start dating because that is your life. I think whatever your ministry looks like, in a sense, we're all in ministry, aren't we? Of course. And I remember when people asked me, oh, how does it feel marrying a vicar? Or, yeah, usually friends who weren't in church who were kind of weirded out by it <laughs> but I, I always said that well I was always going to whoever I married I was going to do ministry with it just looks like leading a church so I don't think you can start that early enough really I think serving together is an amazing way of um, kind of walking out a relationship because it is our call isn't it yeah, and that might be as simple as being on a welcome team together mm. or inviting non-Christian couple around and intentionally asking if they want any prayer for anything. Yeah. And, yeah, it can just be as small in inverted commas as that. It doesn't mm. need to be a big yeah. church plant and some couples will yeah. do that. But, you know, just yeah. like you say, ministry begins straight away. Yeah. Like, just I wouldn't plant a church as a dating couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Stick to the long walks yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the cinema trips. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So this has been a really great chat and I'm sure will help many of our listeners. And we need to wrap it up now. Um, but is there anything you want to end on at any point you think that needs to be made? I'd just finally encourage people to remember that in a culture where the number of people getting married is declining and uh, the way in which people are marrying if they choose to is increasingly less and less Christian, um, just to remember that if you're doing that, that that's a powerful message in itself. Uh, if you're choosing to get married for one and then choosing to do that with God as a big part of that, um, go for it and do it well and do it as well as you can because even just the act of doing that and being that together, um, that's communicating something missionally and about the gospel that's really important. So don't, yeah, forget that even just the act of doing that and making Jesus a priority in your relationship that's really powerful in itself. Sarah's nodding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to say yes on the podcast, yeah. Yeah, I agree with what I'm saying. I think, I think I'd just say that for us, doing mission together is great. It's what, it's such a massive part of what I think marriage is, what we think marriage is, and it has been a joy. And not to kind of, I guess to encourage people not to get caught up on the stumbling rocks or working out what it looks like for you. It's going to take time, and that's okay. 
discipleship is a lifelong process so <laughs> working out how your ministry works and things will change priorities have to change yeah. I'm sure if we had a family that it would things would change again and that's okay so I think my biggest thing is boundaries having support and yeah I think that's it time with Jesus always amazing thank you thank you really much for chatting with me um, like I say it's been really helpful um, and happy anniversary <laughs> make sure you do something even more fun than this podcast later on if possible the charmers charmers thank you uh, for listening to this episode uh, for more please go to ntrelationships.com there are blogs on there and a lot more podcasts and Obviously, go to wherever it is you download and listen to your podcasts for more episodes. Until then, take care.